Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is the Bucks Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now, your host, Ryan O'Leary, and Bucks Wire editor, Luke Easterling. Our first down. Blitz coming. Ryan knocked way in the air. And that's going to be intercepted. And that's going to be returned for a touchdown by Edwards again. Two interception touchdowns for Mike Edwards. Two interceptions for Mike Edwards? Two pick sixes? I don't know if there's a smart guy that may have told us that was going to happen. Luke, I think we did a whole segment on Mike Edwards last week, and that's all you, man. So I, I want to let you take the victory lap on Mike Edwards. He's out here stealing people's jobs, and you freaking predicted it. Yeah, I'll take Antoine Winfield Jr. along on the lap with me because the Bucks just put out the video. They had him mic'd up for that game, and literally right after the first pick six, he and Mike Edwards are talking, and he's like, bro, you won't go back-to-back. You Tell me you won't do it. And Mike's like, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he did, man. So, like, me and Antoine and Mike, I guess, too, I, we all called that it was going to be a big day uh, for Mike Edwards. A big day for anybody who was named Mike and wanted to score two touchdowns. Evans got two. Grant got two tutties for the third game in a row. But, man, Mike Edwards, listen, I did a lot of work on Mike Edwards going into that draft and, and really loved that pick for the Bucks because they were, they were, you know, it was the first year in Todd Bowles' system. He was trying to come in with that positionless safety idea, right? You don't have free safeties and strong safeties. You have these interchangeable guys that can come down and play in the box. They can play single high. They can play man. And the added bonus, and Winfield can do this too, they can play the nickel. They can play in the slot. So you can bring in that big nickel package with three safeties, and they can. it lets you do so much with disguising because a quarterback can come up to the line and not just see a safety. He cannot, you know, he won't necessarily know that you're in a specific package just because there's another safety on the, on the, the field and, and where he's lining up and what his responsibilities are. You can't just assume what he's going to do because those safeties can do everything, right? So, listen, I love Jordan Whitehead, too. I, I think he's a great player as well, but especially with him being banged up from time to time, it's not the first time he's dealt with injuries this year uh, throughout his career. He's a talented player, but Mike Edwards is a, is a baller. I don't know what else, how else to call it. We wrote all week about him being a ball hawk. That was the word that everybody kept using. But it's the same word that Jason Light used when they drafted him. That This is why they, they drafted him in the third round. And if you go back to last year, he played not a whole lot. But when he was on the field, that ball found its way into his hands. Go back to Denver week four. He's leaping one-handed interception at the goal line to seal that game against Denver on the road. You fast forward to the playoffs against New Orleans. He's the one that intercepts Drew Brees' last pass ever, and the Bucks win that game in New Orleans with the toe tapping. I'm just like, yeah. the, the kid's just a playmaker, I, and that's what I talked about last week. I, you saw it on film in Kentucky. You saw it in the very you know small glimpses that we've gotten of him since he came to Tampa Bay. And I swear, if he doesn't get on the field more often now, especially with Murphy Bunting out and his ability to play the nickel, I don't know what they're doing because he needs to be on the field. The Falcons always seem to make it interesting, don't they, Luke? They always do. And it was interesting again through three quarters, obviously. But to see the Bucks close this thing out, uh, you know, the, the Falcons' last four drives, Mike Edwards pick six, turnover on downs. Mike Edwards pick six, turnover on downs, right? That's the last four uh, drives for the Falcons. And, you know, defense, they've been giving up probably too many yards, right? So it was nice to see them kind of muscle up a little bit at the end and make some plays and shut that thing down when it was, you know, it was a little too close for comfort through three quarters. Yeah, it really was. And honestly, on defense, it really just comes down to fundamentals. They're just not tackling very well. 
And I know we'll get to this later on when we yeah. talk about next week's game, but that does not bode well. No, I guess the team that is very good after the catch in particular in Los Angeles, but I mean, they just got to get back to the basics. They've got to tackle much better. Um, and that's where I saw a lot of the problems that brought up Antoine Winfield earlier. He had, he had Cordero Patterson dead to rights right there in the, in the hole on that touchdown run and just whiffed. I mean, you just can't have that when everybody flows to the right gap and everybody puts you in, you put in position a defender to make an open field tackle. You have got to make that tackle. And that's just something they've got to clean up. I know they're banged up a little bit, but honestly, they're pretty deep and they really don't have any excuses. People have talked, even I talked, you know, about them having depth issues in the secondary. But honestly, what team is really prepared to, to, to lose a corner or two, which the Bucks, you know, Carlton Davis was a little banged up in that game going into it, wasn't really full strength. Um, Jamel Dean played much better in week two than he did in week one. But, you know, th- this team is talented enough to really do what they did down the stretch on defense last year. But they've got to it's, – it's fundamentals. They've got to play up to the potential. Guys like Devin White, he's a great athlete. He's a smart player. We know that. I think he's pressing a bit right now. I think he's – maybe trying to do a whole lot and, and maybe too much and isn't really – he's missing too many tackles, man. This whole defense has to come together and, and start simple, uh, and, and that's where it all starts. It's, it's interesting, right, because you think coming off the Super Bowl that it's just like riding a bike and that they'll get back out there and, and it'll be the same. But, no, it's, it's a new year. they got to build back up again, and they got to get it back. Uh, but, again, you know, you got Brady throwing five touchdown passes, so what are we even talking about, right? How many games are you going to lose when Brady's throwing five touchdowns? And – and that brings up uh, a story by our friend. Uh, you know, obviously we're we're here. We work out of the uh, USA Today Network, and our friend Doug Farrar had this great tweet that I think Brady actually uh, quote tweeted. So Brady responded to this tweet. I mean, Brady is about to have more touchdown passes in his forties, and he's not even at in, he's not even at forty five yet, Luke. He's about right. to have more touchdown passes in his forties than he had as a Patriot in his twenties. So uh, the guy is playing at an insane level right now. I mean, he's playing as well as I've ever seen him play, and I've watched him for 20 years over here in, in New England. I mean, he's almost got 700 passing yards, and he's got nine touchdown passes in two games. Uh, we talked about him potentially breaking Peyton Manning's record. I mean, he's well on pace to break that passing touchdown record of 56. He's got He's on pace for like 75, 76 or something like that. So that dude's on another planet right now. He is unbelievable. It honestly, man, it, it makes me laugh going back to so many of the responses, even some from Bucks fans, but a lot of people throughout the league, you know, fans of other teams back in March of, of 2020, right? When this, when Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay and they signed in Tampa Bay, everybody who, who wanted a reason to be mad about it. And let's, let's be honest, go back and look at some of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen and whatever, you know, a lot of them had a second act somewhere else. And every single one of them, it just didn't, it didn't happen. Right. It was, you know, it was clearly, you know, the team brought them in as an opportunity to maybe sell some tickets and bring some attention to the franchise. Obviously Peyton Manning is, is the, one of the lone examples of, of being able to find success and win a Super Bowl somewhere else afterwards. But I mean, for the most part, those guys didn't get better <laughs> when they left the team they were known for playing for. So, and, and honestly, the, that last season that Brady had in New England wasn't spectacular. Uh, you know, so people start to look at it and be like, okay, this is finally when he's starting to wind down. But man, especially after last season, the team success and the, the numbers he put up last year, 4,600 yards, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. I, I think, I mean, that's just ridiculous. And then you win a Super Bowl in your first season in a new, in a new city with a new team during the pandemic. It's just, there's so many reasons why that shouldn't have happened and it happened anyway. And now to start this season, 22 years in the league, 44 years old, 
and you're throwing four and a half touchdown passes a game. It's just, it's not fair, man, but it's, it's so, so ridiculous to watch and marvel at, at the, what he's able to do. And, and I don't, if, unless he's doing it to your team on a particular day, I don't know how you can't just look at it and just be in awe. We're in a special position here as Patriot Nation. We're in week four. We won't care. We'll, we'll be fine if he throws five touchdowns against our team. It'll be fine because we love him, uh, no matter what people say. And then people might try to boo Tom Brady in Foxborough. People will get will, will get theirs in the stands if they <laughs> yeah. try. I feel like that's not going to go well for them. But we're not going to do that here on this show because – we're not going to look ahead of the next opponent. They're already doing that here, Luke, in the Boston media. They're already previewing that Bucks patriots game in week four. Um, oh, I'm sure. We're not going to do that. We're going to get into the Rams here coming up next. And I also have a hypothetical I want to throw your way. A potential trade, a, a player on the Bucks that maybe we could move before the deadline. Uh, I'm going to throw that at you coming up next. But first, here's Corey Bonini of TheHuddle.com with who we should start in fantasy this week. This is the Typico Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting. Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week number three. New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones versus the Atlanta Falcons. Saquon Barkley saw a little more action in week two, but he still isn't 100% yet. Jones' ability to run the ball brings an added bonus to fantasy, and it never hurts to see him face the worst defense of his position. Atlanta has given up eight touchdowns in two games to quarterbacks through the air without picking off a pass. Jones has the weaponry, and it'll be really surprising if he doesn't approach 275 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Baltimore Ravens running back Tyson Williams takes on the Detroit Lions on the road. This is the worst defense of the position, and even excluding Aaron Jones' three receiving touchdowns, since that's not really Williams' game, we still have one of the easiest matchups of the week. After kind of disappearing in the second half of week one, Williams remained involved in last week's game, and he finished with 93 yards of total offense on his 15 touches. While Lamar Jackson is always a threat to steal a touchdown, Williams has a really good shot at getting into the end zone. Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Jalen Rager at the Dallas Cowboys. A strong week one, and then he disappeared a little bit last week. But this matchup is ideal. Dallas doesn't have a great pass rush. It's weak on the back end. Quarterback Jalen Hurts will have time to go through his reads. And even if he doesn't, he's so dangerous on the run in the scramble drill, which benefits the downfield Rager. Philadelphia could be asked to pass more than usual in this one. Dallas has given up the third most yards to wide receivers through two games. And one out of every less than 11 completions is actually a touchdown by wide receivers. Let's go back and pick on the Detroit Lions a little bit more. Normally I avoid household names, but tight end Mark Andrews has been in kind of a slump. Fantasy gamers may start to get restless if he doesn't find the end zone soon. He has not scored in his last six appearances, including last year's postseason, and Andrews has a mere two touchdown catches over his last 13 outings. While it's easy to understand the frustration, especially in non-PPR scoring, Andrews shouldn't leave lineups just yet. Detroit has permitted only seven catches through two games to tight ends, but the 130 yards generated ranks 10th and one touchdown against came last week from Robert Tunyon. Lock the veteran tight end in for one more week. For more award-winning fantasy news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. That was your typical sportsbook fantasy minute. Win your fantasy football league with thehuddle.com and use them to dominate player prop bets at Typico Sportsbook. For a limited time, new Typico Sportsbook users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. All right, Luke, let's start with my hypothetical trade. I'm back on the Rojo thing, right? Ronald Jones. I mean, I feel like there's something going on behind the scenes. Bruce had that weird presser comment last week where he was telling us that Rojo's the starter. 
but he's not. It's Lenny Fournette. He's the starter, right? Two games, Lenny Fournette has 29 touches to Rojo's 11. So Lenny is the starter, no matter what Bruce tells us, and he keeps on trying to lie to us, and that's not the case. It's Lenny. He's the starter. And then the Bucks also brought in Gio Bernard, who I think can help the offense, but he hasn't really been able to get on the field much. So what about this hypothetical? The Bucks explore a trade for Ronald Jones. They get they they move him. Now you you have more touches for Bernard. Maybe you can get Keyshawn Vaughn back in there, a guy you picked in the third round. And you know we saw the Patriots trade Sony Michelle, former first round pick. They got basically a fourth rounder back for him. You could get some decent compensation for a running back uh, mid season, I think. So. What do you think about that? Because there's something going on behind the scenes with Rojo uh, in this team. And I, I don't know what it is, but I'm wondering if they might move on from him before the end of the year. You know, my perspective on that is honestly, it may not even be behind the scenes, Ryan. I think it was right in front of our faces yeah. on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, right in front of us when Bruce talked to the media yesterday. Uh, you know, when when you bring up the plays and he's basically like, I mean, Bruce was like, I don't think it's a mental problem. I, he just... He sucks right now. I mean, to paraphrase, he was like, he's just not playing well. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You guys watch the game. Like, he stepped out of bounds with a defender nowhere near him instead of getting the first down. And then he whiffed, absolutely whiffed on a blitz pickup that got Tom Brady sacked. It didn't help his case that Leonard Fournette had the exact same play happen, and he picked up his guy, and Brady hits A.B. for a 17-yard gain. Like, it's painfully obvious that I that something is going on with Roger. I don't yep. know what it is. I don't yep. know whether he's in he's in his head after the the fumble in the last game, and maybe that's just I don't know. It's a tough you know, mental toughness is is very hard to come by in a lot of ways in a lot of you know a lot of professions. But to to be a football player at that level, you've got to be in the right state of mind a lot of the time. And if you're not, man, it just it comes back to bite you really bad. So you know, obviously. You hope he can get over that, but I would not be surprised whatsoever if the Bucks are not starting to put feelers out to see what his value is like. Because listen, there's a lot of positives. This is a guy who almost, you know, would have rushed for a thousand yards last year if not for the COVID list, right? At the, you know, missing that last game or yep. maybe it was an injury. Definitely, he's 24, man. He was drafted when he was 20 years old. He's still got a ton of, you know, potential. It's a dangerous word, but you know, when you're trying to get, you know, trying to get some trade conversation, it's a great word, right? So. Everything points that I don't know how much more value he gives you right now than Keyshawn Vaughn, right? Because Keyshawn Vaughn will play special teams at least. Yeah. And, you know, he's, you know, can come in and he can catch and he can do some things. I, it just wouldn't surprise me. I, I still believe that he's capable of doing certain things. There was another highlight I saw in that game where it was, I think it was right after that play where he went out of bounds too short, too, too short. And then they handed him the ball on the next play and they blocked like an interior blocking play and he had the, the first down. And he just went completely sideways, just ran away from the line into the waiting arms of like four Falcons defenders. So it's like, I just don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it would not surprise me whatsoever if the Bucks start to call around and say, hey, can we get, can we get something for this and we'll just ride with, with Keyshawn and, and do that? Because, I mean, look at teams like Baltimore, all the injuries they're yes, having. Good one. I mean, come on, you know, get you could trade him out of the conference and wouldn't have to worry about it. That's a team that could definitely use a running back. So... I guess to your hypothetical, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. It definitely seems like Bruce is pretty pissed right now with the, with what he's seeing on the field. Well, you talked about the, the missed tackles earlier. That's kind of bugging you on the defensive side, Luke. I mean, uh, the Rams are a team coming up here that is just uh, lethal on offense. And Cooper Cup in particular, nobody can stop that man right now. He is a bad man. He's torching everybody. 
but they have a lot of weapons on that team. Uh, this is a scary opponent for the Rams, and you got to worry. We are talking about Brady. I mean, this feels to me, it's like the game of the season. Like, Bucks rams does it get much better than that in the NFC? Like, these are two legit, top-of-the-line Super Bowl contenders. It's like the game of the season before the game of the century, right? Because Brady-Belichick is like the game of the century. So, I mean, you wonder if Brady's going to be looking ahead at all. I don't think so, but he's only human. And a big storyline out here in Boston is his father, Tom Sr., going on a local podcast, like talking about how Brady's vindicated in Tampa Bay and vindicated about all his wins and winning the Super Bowl. I mean, there's something there. You know Brady knows this game's coming up. And all those factors make you worry a little bit about the Bucks going into this game against the Rams, right? On the road. I mean, what's your leadoff thought on the matchup? I mean, honestly, I don't necessarily disagree with anything on the Patriots angle, but I, I think even without anything that has to do with week four, I don't really like the matchup here. Uh, even, even, even if Brady is as locked in as we assume he will always be and isn't looking ahead and he's just focused on this, I, I mean, this is not a very great matchup in any way, shape, or form for the Bucks. Like we said, they struggle with tackling fundamentally right now, and this team excels after the catch by breaking tackles. I know Daryl Henderson's a little banged up, so we might see a good bit of Sonny Michelle in this game, and I know they like to run the ball. But Matt Stafford, in my opinion, is – sorry, Matthew Stafford. The Lions <laughs> fans will crush me for that. They, I made that mistake on Twitter one time, and it was one too many. I'll never do it again. But, you know, Stafford is, is light years ahead of Jared Goff, in my opinion, as, as a quarterback. And I yes. think that there's, that's a big reason they made that trade is because they viewed it as a significant upgrade as well. And, I mean, they, he just gives them an ability to stretch the field that they didn't have when the Rams beat the Bucks last year. So, yes, I think the Bucks are a much better team than the one that lost to the Rams last year in, in week 11 or 12. And, and I, but I think the Rams are a much better team as well. And this game is on the road, not at home. It's the first road trip of the season. It's way out west on the, in the West Coast. And you've got to go back to New England on the road on the far East Coast the following week. I don't like it. I, I don't like it. I, I don't like the what the the defense in in Los Angeles did to the to the Bucks last year. I know that the Bucks will have a chance to bounce back from that, and Brady will be more comfortable in the offense. There's a lot of reasons the Bucks should still make it competitive. I, I think there's going to be a very close slugfest between maybe the two best teams in the NFL, let alone the NFC right now. Um, but honestly, man, there's just there's so many factors that point towards you know. And I said this at the beginning of the season. There's two games that I think the Bucks definitely. Like have a have the biggest chance of losing this year. It's Buffalo down the road, uh, that home game later in the season. But this is the one where I really feel like, especially after some of the struggles we've seen in different areas over the first two weeks, I think this one is going to be a really really hard one. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, the Bucks are getting some some betting support. They're one and a half point favorites on the road, and I I agree with you, Luke. That's a tough number to bet the Bucks. I don't like that, but I, I'm looking at the total, and I think there might be some value in that with these two teams and which way this game could go. I want to talk about that here coming up next. But first, our friends from the Sportsbook Wire, they got their play of the week. This is the typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Bet Slippin' Podcast and Sportsbookwire.com here with my colleague Jeff Clark to break down the week three Monday night football game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. The Eagles are plus 3.5 road underdogs, minus 110 odds. I love that bet. It's one of my favorites of the week. Jalen Hurts, his mobility is going to be able to exploit that Dallas Cowboys defense that was without defensive end Demarcus Lawrence for the second straight week. It held up for Dallas last week against the Los Angeles Chargers. I think Hurts can exploit it. And that Philadelphia defense through two weeks has been fantastic. I like them to keep this within a field goal on the road. Jeff? 
Yeah, I'm going to follow you on this one. Also take the Eagles plus three and a half on the road in Monday Night Football because of the defense. Their defensive line is going to make it really tough for an albeit a great Dallas offensive line. But the Eagles are first in points per play on the defensive end, and I think their defense is going to do enough to keep this game close, plus Jalen Hurts is a gamer. Go with the Eagles plus three and a half. That was your Tipico Sportsbook Minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. See tipico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado. So the line I'm looking at, Luke, is the uh, the total, 55 and a half. I see this thing being a shootout. I, th- I think there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, you know, as much as the Rams could light up the Bucks defense, and the, the Bucks defense has been letting up a lot of yards, I think the Bucks could do the same thing, right? I mean, I look at this Rams team, like, who's the defensive coordinator? Raheem Morris. I mean, I think Brady, it, what's Raheem Morris got that Brady hasn't seen yet? You know what I mean? Like, they've, they've faced each other before. Uh, Aaron Donald is usually the big, you know, disruptor when the Rams play anybody, but Brady gets the ball out so fast that usually in Brady matchups with Donald, he doesn't end up being a huge factor in the game. He doesn't disrupt the game like he does against other quarterbacks. So he didn't, he didn't do any, he didn't appear in the box score last year. Yeah, exactly. And then that's just typical. Same thing with new England too, in, in that Super Bowl. Donald was basically like non-existent in that Super Bowl. Yeah. Pats and the, and the Bucks were down. It was Aaron Stinney at right guard in that in yeah. that game. They were down Alex Kappa, so it was a backup guard against him, and he didn't do anything. Brady just knows where he's going with the ball, and he gets it out so fast that you, you can't get there. It, that interior alignment, it doesn't really matter. So, um, I think the Bucks will be able to score, and I think the Rams are going to score. And I'm looking at this line at fifty-five and a half, and I'm like. I'm going over, baby. You know, it's like, let's go. It's going to be a shootout. What do you think? I could definitely see that happening. I mean, after all, go back two years and they played in Los Angeles two years ago and the Bucks hung 55 on them. Yep. And it was 55 to 40, actually, the most combined points of any game in Bucks history. That I was could, just a ridiculous I could see game. that kind of thing. I, I'm just, I would it not wouldn't, be surprised. It wouldn't surprise me. I think I'd be equally unsurprised if it goes the other way. Uh, and these... Maybe not a lot of turnovers, but you know a good bit of three and outs. It's just going to be a very interesting chess match. I do for the Bucks like the matchup with Raheem Morris instead of Brandon Staley, who's now the head coach uh, in Los Angeles yep. with the Chargers or the other team in Los Angeles. I like that matchup a little bit better because I think Brandon Staley is one of the better defensive coaches in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it could go a lot of different ways. I think at the end of the day, it is just going to be a really close game between two of the best teams in the league. And I mean, get your popcorn ready. We we should have a blast watching watching these two teams go pu- blow for blow. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. And then Brady can immediately start bashing Belichick in the post game, right? We can get into that thing. Nah, they're only gonna say nice things about each other all week. I'm not looking forward to that game, Bucks Patriots at all, Luke. I don't know if you could tell. I tell you what, you're gonna look forward to it even less if they lose this week. <laughs> it's true. That's true. There's no way the Patriots are winning either way. By the way, I don't care if the Bucks are mad or happy or what. I think it'll just be the difference between whether or not he throws four touchdown passes or seven. Yeah. No. What, what's they'll the be up thirty in the fourth quarter and he'll be slinging bombs yes. just just to spite yeah. everyone. You know it. And Bruce is gonna let him do whatever the hell he wants. So uh, no, that'll be fun. But first. Bucks Rams, it doesn't quite get much better than that. Maybe Bucks Patriots will be a little bit juicier, but as far as talent in two Super Bowl contending teams, it doesn't get much better than that. So enjoy the football. Thanks for joining us. If you found the podcast on the Bucks Wire, 
Hit the subscribe button for us. Tell a friend. Leave a review. We appreciate all you listeners. We will talk to you next week. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.